Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. Uh, though she was alone up here right now, it was evident that God was with her. Amen. And he is in this place today. And so what I want to do right now is continue in that vein. I want to continue the ministry that the Lord is already doing by jumping into God's word. Amen. Can I do that for y'all? Amen. Amen. Why don't we open up our Bibles to Psalm 46? And why don't you just keep standing if you're able? And we're going to read God's word. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump right in. So open up your Bibles, your Bible app, um, to Psalms 46. And I want to just welcome again and greet our first-time guests. Thank you for being here. I am grateful for your presence here today. And if you don't know who I am, I'm Mo, uh, Pastor Mo, uh, one of the pastors at Cornerstone Church. And so I get the privilege of breaking bread with my family today. Amen. Let me start at verse 1. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not be afraid. Though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depths of the seas, though its water roars and foams and the mountains quake with, uh, with its turmoil, Selah. Verse 4, there is a river, its streams delight the city of God. The holy dwelling place of the Most High. God is with her, within her. She will not be toppled. God will help her when the morning dawns. Nations rage, kingdoms topple. The earth melts when he lifts his voice. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Selah. Verse 8. Come see the works of the Lord who brings devastation on the earth. He makes war cease throughout the earth. He shatters bows and cuts spears to pieces. He sets wagons ablaze. Stop fighting and know that I am God. Exalted among the nations. Exalted on the earth. Verse 11. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Selah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your your word. Thank you for your, for your spirit in here today. Thank you for the worshipers, Lord. Thank you for those who are crying out to you like right now, God, because as an act of faith, even in the turmoil of their lives, they are screaming for help, Lord, and we scream for help right now. I personally scream for help. Help me, Lord. Lord, I have nothing to offer your people but what you have already given me. Father, I pray that you would be with me that you would strengthen me, that you would encourage my heart even as your word is preached. I pray that the, that the church would not, as, as Pastor Richard prayed or even said and stated, that we would not just be hearers of your word but doers, that we would put our whole full trust and confidence in you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Again, welcome. Most of us know, if you're a sports fan, that the NBA season has just started. Amen? Come on now. Amen. It's one of my favorite times. I look forward to this time of year almost every season. Almost every season. I'm a Cleveland Cavaliers fan, so y'all know what that means. Amen. And there's a question I know most of us, if you're a sports fan, always get, we always get into this argument, especially in this time where, you know, the NBA, the game has changed quite a bit. We got people like Steph Curry who just like to shoot from half court, and it doesn't make any sense to me, but apparently that's good offense, amen? That's, that's good offense. 
But the question is, what wins championships? That always starts an argument, doesn't it? It always starts an argument. And, and, and people say it's either a great offense or a great defense. Some people believe if you can score more points than the other team, or you can get the ball in the, of course, hoop more than the other team, then guess what? You'll win a championship. And on, on the other side, uh, there's people who believe if you can keep the other team from scoring, or you can keep them from shooting more baskets than you, then that will win. Here's the thing. I, I, I hate the argument, to be honest. Uh, I think they're both important, amen? That you got to score and you got to keep the other team from scoring, right? Uh, they're not in opposition to one another. They're, they're critical for victory. This discussion is a good illustration of our lives, isn't it? Some of us live on the offensive, right? We feel that we have to fight through life, right? We feel like we always have to be, be trying to score or trying to win. We, we scrap through life. That's what we do, right? We're always aggressive. Or some of us are, are, are live on the defensive, right? Uh-uh. You, you, you live guarded. You, you go numb. You're trying to protect yourself from harm. Maybe you even shut down. We are just trying to survive. That's what I'm getting at. Most of us, if you're living on the offensive or the defensive, all you're doing is trying to survive. Why? Because there's storms in life. There's a lot of pain in life. There's a lot of trauma in life. Amen or oh me. And it seems to only intensify as life goes on. It's in our nature to respond this way because you're afraid of being hurt, aren't you? You're just trying to get through life. That's what most of us are trying to do. We're just trying to get through life. You, you find yourself fighting and, and, and trying to protect yourself because you want peace and you want rest. Amen or oh me. This might be describing you right now. You came in here today and you feel like you're trying to fight or, or protect yourself from something. You came in here guarded because you want to feel safe. And if I can be completely honest with you, I feel that way today as well. And I'm in the midst of a season where I'm just trying to fight for peace. And, but I realize I'm fighting in my own strength. And now the more I fight in my own strength, it brings turmoil in my soul. As I sat with the counselor um, this past Friday, he told me, Mo, all the things you're going through, if you just got up this Sunday and read God's word and sat down, that should be enough for God's people. That, that kind of categorizes what I'm going through in this life right now. I can give you all I can give you right now, but I'm asking God for strength. You and I were never meant to live this way. We, we were not to me, meant to try to fight for uh, uh, and protect ourselves. We weren't meant to fight and, and, and try to get through life that way or, or guard ourselves from harm. We were meant to be guarded from harm. For me, Psalm 46 in this season has been both comforting and corrective. And corrective because God doesn't want me to control my life. Amen? He wants me to find my peace in him and him alone. It's been comforting because God has revealed himself to me through this text as my defense and my offense to bring my soul peace and while I'm going through this tumultuous time. Psalm 46 is encouraging because it's saying we have help. You don't have to protect yourself. You don't have to fight your own battles. You don't have to live in fear any longer. You have a God who fights 
and protects you. You have a God who fights and protects you. Even though there's chaos in this life, your greatest comfort is God's presence. Amen? So I got three points today, and I'll be out your way. God's presence gives us protection. God's presence gives us provision. And God's presence gives us power. Psalm 46 is based on real experiences, right? This is a, it's based on a, it's a song that was created based on what Israel was going through or a past event that Israel went through. And it's based on a true story. And y'all know when songs are written on, you know, uh, about true stories, they kind of hit different, don't they? Amen? Y'all know Usher's confessions still go hard till this day. Amen? <laughs> Let's be real. This is my confession. Every time I hear it, I'm like, man, I mean, he's talking about some real stuff, y'all. Amen? But the story that they're talking about is located in 2 Kings 18 and 19. When the Assyrians came to Jerusalem and threatened God's people. The king of Assyria sent his commander to the wall of Jerusalem and called out for the, for the Israelites to surrender. He boasted that no other gods could, could defeat their, their, their forces or their, their might and their armies. See, here's the thing. He didn't just tweet it. You know, when tweeted, we, we make it public and everybody knows that's what he's doing. He's announcing at the wall. He actually DM'd King Hezekiah as well, right? Because he sent King Hezekiah a letter saying the same thing. And when King Hezekiah saw this letter, he took the letter, went to the temple, and spread it before the Lord. And God answered through the prophet Isaiah that God would defend the city and the king of Assyria would return to Nineveh and perish. So that night, look what God did. He sent an angel through the Assyrian camp and he killed 185,000 soldiers. And when they woke up in the morning, the king saw the carnage, and he cut tail out of there. He withdrew and went back to Nineveh. See, the most important aspect of this story is not all the thing, all the details necessarily. It's, what, it's how God responded to the cries of his people, that he fought for them, that he protected them. This song celebrates God, how he shows up for his people. This song is a reminder to God's people of who he is and breathes confidence in us that God is a faithful God. Amen? Some of us just want to have hope today, don't we? And know that God sees us in, in the midst of our struggles. We just want to know that God can offer us some comfort in the midst of our fight. Let me remind you, there isn't anything in your life too small or insignificant for God. God, listen to this, God just doesn't, doesn't look at your problems and say, man, they don't measure up to the height requirement like amusement park ride, amen? He just wants you to live with confidence. He is pre that he's present with you, and there's nothing in your life. And let me say this again, there's nothing in your life that he cannot handle. God isn't trying to fix all your problems. God is trying to be present with you in your problems. That's important to understand, y'all. God is not trying to fix what you go through. He's not trying to make sure your problems don't touch you. He's saying, I am present with you through your problems. So let's look at my first point. God's presence gives us protection, right? It's God's presence protects you no matter how bad things get. This psalm starts off with who God is. That's a very important fact, right? It starts off with who God is because the psalmist wants to color in our experiences with God's character. Amen? I grew up with a, a black and white TV in my room. Y'all might think I'm that old, but I'm really not that old. We were just broke. Amen? 
<laughs> and so being growing up with no money, you know what I'm saying, mama just gave us a black and white TV. That's all we could afford. There were color TVs out there. We just couldn't get one, amen? And so I remember playing my, my video games. I had an Atari 5200, and I was playing, you know, uh, let me be real. I was playing Larry Bird versus Dr. J. I, I don't know if you ever heard of that game, but it was all in black and white. The only reason why I could tell Larry Bird was a white man because he was in a, a lighter shade of gray, amen? That's the only reason I could tell him. But, here, but here's the thing, like, as I played the game and, I, 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 and as I watched my TV shows, they were all in black and white. It wasn't until my mama got that, you know, that, that, that floor model, uh, color TV. Y'all know what I'm talking about, the wood grain, amen? Uh, the ones when you press the buttons, you got to press the button. They only had antennas. We ain't had no cable, baby. No. And I remember watching my shows for the first time in color. I remember, I remember looking at my video games in color, and, and Dr. J was actually brown, amen? And I remember thinking, I didn't, I've never experienced Things like this. I've never seen colors like this. So here's the thing. We can't fully understand or grasp our experiences in life without God adding color to them. The most important aspect of our journey as believers is allowing who God is to color in your life experiences. God reveals himself to you through his word so you can see how he will show up for you. So he can color in your experiences with him as you navigate through life. This psalm starts by adding color to our picture by saying, God is our refuge and our strength. There is a good reason why the psalmist starts here, because the rest of the psalm, and when we look in the psalm, and we look in depth into the psalm, we see there's a lot of chaos and brokenness in this psalm. If you look at just the uh, verses uh, 2 and 3, or 2B two B and 3, uh, it says, Though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the seas, though its waters roar and foams, and the mountains quake with turmoil. Now, this picture might not sound scary. It looks like something you might find in California, amen? But it's describing the world that's fallen apart. It's describing total chaos in the world. It's describing a world-ending crisis. In 1998, there was a movie called Armageddon with Bruce Willis. Some of y'all might remember it. I was a senior in high school when this thing came out. <laughs> and I was very impressionable. Let me just say that. Let me start by saying that. It was about a meteor that was headed towards Earth, right? And a meteor, if it hit Earth, what was going to happen? It would destroy life as we knew it. Now, me being 18 years old, it brought a lot of anxiety to me, amen? Because it really sounded like this could actually happen. Here's the truth. The world is in chaos. Even if we're not scared of meteors crashing into the world, there's a lot to be afraid of, amen? We live in a fallen and broken world. When sin came into the world, it caused everything to be in disarray. What you experience and see daily is a direct result of the sin coming into the world. Let me, let me color this in. Here's what I mean. All of the evil we see in this world, all of the hate we see in this world, all of the war, what's happening between Israel and Palestine, all of the murder, all of the senseless killing of the born and unborn, all of the injustice, all of the racism, all of the sexual exploitation, all of the sexual assault, all of the gender confusion, all of the lying and deceit, all of the betrayal, all of the corruption and misuse of power, all of the natural disasters and mass shootings, they're a direct result of the fall. This is a scary world, isn't it? That goes for our struggles as well. All of our addictions, whether they be sexual or chemical, and I do mean the dopamine that comes when you look at your phone all the time. Amen. All of, all of our pain, all of our suffering, all of our sickness and disease, all of our mental health issues, all of our depression and anxiety, all of our trauma, all of the divorce, all of the grief, all of the hopelessness that leads towards suicide is a result of the fall. 
We live in a scary, frightening world. And what I'm saying is daily we experience the impact of sin coming into the world. Some of us don't know this is a reality for the church as well. I can look into this room and know that some of y'all have been through some of these things. And they've had impact on your life. All of these things have created panic and confusion in you. You begin to live in fear and and you live a restless life. It distorts your view of God. It creates doubts about the power of your God and, and, and his love for you. We go through life struggling to see who God truly is. We depend on our own resources. We try to do everything in our power to fight and protect ourselves. We do everything to find safety in what the world offers, don't we? We begin to doubt that God can give us what we need to get through life. This is what the psalmist starts with. He says, God is our refuge and strength because he wants to color in our experiences. He wants us to see the only hope for safety and protection in this world is God. The reason you have to find refuge and strength in God is because he's the only one strong enough to protect you. He's the only one strong enough to protect you from the harmful impact of the fall. The fall came in like a meteor. And it disrupted and destroyed humanity in a way that is unrepairable without God. Amen? Your protection is only as good as it is strong. Amen? So when I was a child, (laughs) y'all going to learn a lot about me today. I just want y'all to hear that. Amen? I thought monsters lived in the closet. I did. I thought they lived under the bed. Y'all, y'all, here's the thing. If you are from up north, you from a place where they got basements that were actually finished, y'all remember running down the stairs, going down the stairs, because you know that's where the deep freezer was. You want to get a popsicle. You remember running down the stairs, and, that, and when that furnace turned on, because it, it we ain't had no electric furnace, it was a gas one. That, 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 light, that light come on, and you knew that was a monster, and you, you cut tail upstairs, amen? And I remember running into the, to, to, to not even to my room, because that was too far, right? I, I, was, I was smart enough, because there were blankets on the, on the couch. And I hid under the blankets. Because I thought them blankets had force field. They, had, they were magic. Like, they could protect me from the monsters. Amen? Here's the thing. Trusting in this world for safety provides as much protection as putting blankets over your head. That's what we're doing. When we trust in this world and, and the things that the world has to offer us, when we trust in the, the fame and the success and all those other things, it's as good as putting blankets over your head to protect you. Here's the thing, trusting this world is not what God wants you to do. He doesn't want to trust you in good health, in beauty, in talent, in money, success, or fame. These things give you a false sense of security. At best, they're only good enough to cover up your insecurities. I hope you understood what I said. They only cover up your insecurities. That's why we chase after these things. Because we're, we're insecure people. We don't, we don't feel, we don't, we don't know that the Lord has already spoken about who we are and whose we are. And that should give you enough dignity to stop chasing after things in this world. Amen? I hope y'all heard me. That was good. Y'all better write that down. <laughs> At best, they're only as good, like I said, to cover up your insecurities. And they, they don't protect you from the harmful effects of the fall. But that's just it. God is a shield from danger because we live in a dangerous world. Amen? God doesn't remove us from the chaos of this world, but his presence protects us from being fatally harmed in this world. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. It says, we are afflicted on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted and not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. I love how Dylan Burroughs put it. He says, safety comes in our awareness to God, in our nearness to God, not in our distance from our enemies. 
These broken realities create physical and spiritual problems. God doesn't want this broken world to make you sick or to crush your spirits and create doubt in your hearts about who he is. God wants us, God wants to maintain our worship in him. I want to be clear. God is not saying I'm trying to earn your worship. God does not earn our worship by what he does because he deserves our worship because he is God almighty. But he protects our worship but by, by encouraging us by the things he does for us. See, God is faithful. He promised he would do and be for us what we need in a time of trouble. And, and he keeps his word. Just look at uh, what the text says next. It says, God is always found in times of trouble. God does not hide from us. He doesn't leave you on red. Amen? God is faithful to keep his promises. God is the only one reliable to protect us. Let's just be honest. We've all lived life long enough in this room to know that people are not, and as much as I hate to say it, are not reliable. They have good intentions, but good intentions can create harm as well. Amen or oh me. We want God, we want to show up for each other. But let's be honest, none of us have the capacity to show up for one another all the time. I know that's disappointing for some of y'all to hear in this room because you have expectations of people to show up for you. You have expectation for, for people to always be there. But guess what? That is not a realistic expectation. And I don't want that to leave you hopeless. I want something else to give you hope, right? That you have God's presence. Amen? What people need most isn't you trying to make them feel safe by our, your presence. Even though it's a good thing, they need the presence of the all-powerful God. Amen? The most helpful thing we can do is help them experience that God is our shield, that God never disappoints. Even when we, we can't even tell that he's protecting us, he is there shielding you from harm. Look back on your life. Look back on your life. See how God has protected you, how he's kept you through the trauma, how he's preserved you. If it had not been for God, life would have crushed you in the worries and, and anxiety. You wouldn't love him if it wasn't for God. He initiated that process. We don't love God. We first love God because he first loved us. Amen? God has been protecting you and guarding your heart for so long. And most of us, most of us don't even acknowledge that he does. In the midst of your trauma, God gave you his presence as your protection from harm. So how should we respond to our God? Look at what it says. It says, therefore, we will not be afraid. What it's saying is because we know the character of God and, and seeing how he shows up for his people and we've seen how he shows up in all these spaces in scripture, right? We shouldn't be afraid. But here's the thing. Isn't fear real to us? We all experience fear in this world and it can dominate you and it can control you. It controls how you see and experience life. It controls how you see God. Fear keeps you living, keeps you from living for God. Fear keeps you from living by faith in Jesus. If your eyes are only fixed on your fall realities or the problems and the issues in your world, you will always live in fear. Again, verse 2 and 3 paints a picture of the worst possible situation. It paints a picture of the world falling apart. God is saying, look at who I am. Fix your eyes and your heart on me. I am your refuge and your strength. Look what I've done for you. Look what I've done for my people in Scripture. I have always shown up. Don't be afraid if you feel like your, your world is ending or you're falling apart because I can hold you together. Some of y'all feel like you're falling apart right now. 
like chaos is crashing down around you. I feel like that. Maybe you've, you've lost someone, or maybe you, you've got a recent diagnosis. Maybe you feel betrayed by your spouse, or maybe you've been betrayed by your spouse, and you feel like your whole family is falling apart. Maybe your closest friends have abandoned you, and now you feel lonely, and you feel an isolation, and it's hard to trust again. Maybe a decision you might have made in the recent history or in the past is now affecting you today, and you, your, your life just feels like it's been shipwrecked, your career and your finances. Maybe your dreams have just been shattered and you feel so insecure. God is saying, don't be afraid because my presence will keep you safe. I alone can shield you from harm. When you feel like your life is falling apart, God is the one who is the glue that can hold you together. God is a safe place and a refuge for you. He can protect you from those things that seem like they're going to destroy you. No matter what happens to you or what is happening to you, God is with you through it, and he will not allow it to defeat you. God doesn't keep danger away from you, but he won't allow it to crush you either. In the midst of whatever God is, what is going on in your life, God is saying, come to me for safety. Trust me, I can provide protection. You may not be able to control what has happened to you, but you can control how you respond. God is calling you to himself. He's asking you to put confidence in him today. Stop looking to anything or anyone else for protection. Here's the thing. He doesn't want you to feel like you don't have any care or you, don't, you feel like you don't have any protection that you need. God is your life insurance when you feel like you're near death. God is your medical insurance when you feel like you're sick and you need healing. God is your home insurance when you feel like your life is unstable. God is your car insurance as you travel through life. God is everything you need to feel safe. That's who he is. That's how he shows up for us. Thank you, Jesus. God doesn't just provide protection. His presence gives us provision. God renews you and provides stability for you in the midst of trouble. Just look at verses 4 through 7. It says, there is a river. It streams delight, the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. God is within her. She will not be toppled. God will help her when the morning dawns. Nations rage. Kingdoms topple. The earth melts when, it, when he lifts his voice. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Selah. Now, I say this, man. This is me getting my Cleveland coming out. When I say this, man, look at this. Uh, if the first stanza wasn't enough drama for you, man, there's so much more. Y'all remember the tagline for TNT, the, the, the television station? Remember, y'all don't know if y'all, some of y'all, it's, it's an old tagline, but it says, we know drama. Like, nobody knows drama like TNT, amen? And nobody knows drama like the Psalms, amen? Verse 6 says, nations are raging, kingdoms are falling, the earth is melting. There's chaos in the nations. And in the midst of this chaos, there is a city with a river. First, notice the transition from three to four. It goes from this chaos of this roar, roaring seas and foaming seas to the calmness and the peace and the tranquility of a river. I love what Kidner had to say about this. He said, with God, the waters are no longer menacing seas, but life-giving river, but a life-giving river. Now, this stanza is filled with metaphors and symbols, and it's important to understand what these images mean, to fully grasp what is being communicated in this text. We, first, we have to understand that the river is a metaphor for God's presence. 
And how do we know this, right? We see this in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis 2. And at the end of Scripture, in Revelations, in the New Jerusalem, that rivers signify God's presence and his blessing. The city of God is a metaphor for Jerusalem and God's people. How do we know this? It's from biblical history. Jerusalem is the city of God because the temple was there. It was the center of worship for Israel. Where the temple is, that's where the presence of God is. Amen? Now, the interesting thing about Jerusalem, though, historically, that we, we, we know, all know, we should know, is Jerusalem doesn't even have a river going through it. That was one of the unique things about Jerusalem. There was no river. And that's odd because, yeah, they were always protected, and they always had provision, right? Now, now here's the thing, though. It, it, with the, with, the, with, with the, the thing about Jerusalem and what the psalmist is trying to describe about it is how God's presence impacts the city. He is a river to the city. God's presence gives us provision. God's presence is a source of life, renewal, and restoration. It also means God's presence gives us stability and security. And we know this because rivers in ancient cities were a source of stability for these cities. It offered them protection. It offered them resources, right? It, it, even under attack, the, 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 those cities that were uh, located next to rivers would stand against the attacks of their enemies. The fact that Jerusalem didn't have a river made them vulnerable and actually a target. But there's a beauty to this text. Why? Because God is to this city what a river is to the city. Jerusalem didn't need a river to provide resources for their protection because God was their provision. Amen. In the midst of chaos, God's presence doesn't just, offer us, just, uh, doesn't just offer us protection, but God's presence offers us renewal and stability. The good news for us as believers is that we don't have to travel to Jerusalem to have God's presence. Amen. God no longer dwells in, 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 the, in the buildings and temples made by man's hands, but in the hearts of man. When Jesus came, he, he sacrificed himself for us that we would be brought back to God. And by faith, God, through the Holy Spirit, lives within our hearts. And we're never without God's presence, which means we're never without his provision. This is good news, Christians. It should shape how we experience all of life, all of the drama, all the chaos, and all the trials and tribulations we go through. It lets you know that God is not blind to your needs, and you can face your trials because he's already given you his presence. Amen. Look what the text says. It says, streams of delight. It streams delight the city of God. This means in the midst of the chaos, God renews our souls. He gladdens our hearts. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, 16. It says, therefore, we do not give up. Even though our outer person is being destroyed, our inner person is being renewed day by day. The chaos of this world leaves an imprint on us, right? But God provides us the fuel to keep going. He gives us joy in the midst of our sorrows. As a pastor, I know many of you in here are in a season of your life where you feel like you are fading away, that your soul is atrophying, right? Amen? You're holding so much in your body. You feel like your body is constantly under attack, uh, under attack and anxiety and stress of life is making you actually physically sick. Your soul is completely drained and you feel depressed. Amen or oh me? God is saying my presence is a source of restoration and renewal for you. Have you ever wondered how in the midst of some of your most difficult times and difficult moments, you were able to experience rest? In the middle of your grief, you felt moments of joy and gladness. Have you ever been going through it and, and you, you, you force yourself, you know, you, you do this, right? You force yourself to have some time with Jesus and God's love leafed off the pages of Scripture and into your heart. 
Have you ever shown up to church on Sunday, maybe even today, and you felt numb and unresponsive because of the trauma in your life? And they sang your song that day, amen? And the emotions pour out of your heart, and you begin to cry out to God. Have you listened to a sermon, and it felt like God was talking directly to you and inspired you, you to continue to walk faithfully with Jesus? Has anyone ever offered you prayer, and that prayer just sat in your soul? And you felt the encouragement to keep pressing on. In those moments, God was using these things to usher you into his presence. He was renewing and refreshing your soul. One of the realities I'm continually trying to remind myself is the promise in Psalm 23. I'm going to just read the first three verses. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I love this. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right path for his namesakes. God's presence shepherds us into restoration. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He restores you. He continues to usher you into renewal. God wants to bring, we want you to bring all your burdens and lay them at his feet. God's presence gives you everything you need to find the motivation and the courage to continue to press through this life. God also provides stability, right? Verse 5 says this, God is within her. She will not be toppled. God will help her in the, when the morning dawns. Now, it's interesting, this phrase, when the, God will help her when the morning dawns, is expressing a reality for these ancient cities. Because most cities, you know, you've ever heard a movie like The Lord of the Rings where it says, tomorrow we attack at dawn. Y'all know, y'all know, that, y'all know that epic? I love those movies. Trust me. But that's what it's saying. The city was most vulnerable during that time. It's saying that God will help his people during their most vulnerable times by being your stability and your security. I know y'all know for a fact these last 10 years have been the most unstable for many people in their lives, right? All of the injustice, all the dead bodies, all the mass shootings, we lived through a pandemic, all the the economic downfalls. Man, it, it leaves us wondering, God, where are you? There isn't much security and stability in this world, and God wants us to realize that. If you place your hope or trust in this world and what it provides you, and you think it's going to give you a sense of security, you'll find yourself being more anxious and discouraged. Have you found yourself during these times, especially during the pandemic, that more people have mental health issues than ever? Why do you think that is? I know for a fact during 9-11 when the economy crashed, I remember my mother worked for Key Bank, and I remember there was a young man who, who, or a woman who worked with her, and, 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 she, and I remember that young man took his life because he lost all his money. This is what I'm talking about. If we trust and, and depend on the things of this world to offer us stability and security, it offers us the most discouragement that we could ever face. God doesn't keep us from these realities, though. Well, right? He offers us stability in the midst of him. God is calling us to stop building our lives on anything else but him because he alone is our rock. Look at the declaration in, in Psalm 62, verses 5 and 6. It says, rest in God alone, my soul, for my hope comes from, from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I love this part. I will not be shaken. What in your life is making you feel secure right now? 
What are you looking to provide security apart from the Lord? God is saying, I am your rock. I am your strength. I will make you immovable in the midst of this chaos. When God gives you strength to walk with him in the midst of trials, don't be afraid of slipping. Remember, Jesus told Peter in Matthew 16, 18, on this rock, I will build my church. He's talking about himself. And the gates of hell will not overpower it. When you build your life on Jesus, there is no power in heaven and hell that can move you. Believe that. Today, do you believe that? When you build your life on Jesus, the storms of life cannot make you stumble. You won't be blown away by life circumstances. You won't drown because of the floods of suffering and grief because you are safely seated in him. No storm can steal your security. No storm can steal your safety. God's presence gives us renewal and stability. but also gives us power. Praise God for his power. Our last point for today is that God's presence gives us power. Stop fighting because God is fighting for you, people. It says this, come see the works of the Lord who brings devastation on earth. That does sound scary, doesn't it? Amen. He makes war seats throughout the earth. He shatters bows and cuts spears to pieces. He sets wagons ablaze. It says stop fighting and know that I am God. Exalted among the nations, exalted on the earth. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Selah. In this section, we have a video clip of who God is. We have a picture of who he is. I have a confession. I'm going to make this confession. I'm going to make it quick. I watch too much YouTube. My kids know it. Amen. Amen, Elisha. Yep, amen. He's like, yep, daddy, get off them phones. And one time I stumbled upon a, a compilation video of Mike Tyson's greatest knockouts. It was like 20 to 30 minutes long. Now that's crazy, though. Amen? It wasn't the whole fight. Well, some of it was, because y'all know how Tyson was. Amen? A folk just getting knocked out. Amen? The whole fight, I'm just like, dang, ooh, ah, mm, mm, ah, ooh, dang. You got knocked out. You know, I wouldn't go smoke. You ain't going to say that. Amen? I was astonished by his power, his speed, his ferocity, that he's impregnable, as he would say. Amen? His grace, the video did what it said. It left me in awe of Tyson. In the same way we look at, the, we should look at these verses, 8 and 9. God, it's God compilation video to show off his power, his glory, his strength, and his ferocity. That God is also impregnable, amen? <laughs> That's what Tyson said. If y'all don't know, y'all need to look it up. and read. Yeah, go to YouTube, y'all. When it says come see, he's saying come behold with awe and wonder the power of God. Who brings devastation on the earth? Now, I know many of y'all are looking at this text and like, dang, I don't like this God. It, it sounds scary who this God is. We want to have butterfly feelings about God. We want to only see him as a loving father or a, a one who brings comfort, which he does. But throughout this psalm and even the psalms and even uh, biblical history, God is a force to be reckoned with. He is the Lord Almighty. As a father, there's two sides of me. I am both comforting and loving. I'm tender. My boys know I love, I love a good hug session. I love a, look, a good cuddle session. Amen? But play with my family. Y'all heard me. Come test my family. You're going to see a whole nother side of Pastor Mo. Amen? You're going to see the ferocity. 
You're going to see that I'm impregnable. Amen. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but God doesn't want this reality to frighten you. I know I don't frighten nobody. Amen. He wants this to bring you peace. Realizing how glorious and powerful God is is the only thing that can really bring you peace in this world. That's what verse 9 is trying to communicate. He makes wars cease throughout. He makes wars cease throughout the earth. He shatters the bow. He cuts spears to pieces. He sets wagons ablaze. Peace comes in two ways, my friends, through treaties and through war. Our peace comes from realizing that the Lord, the God of armies, is with us and he fights our battles. That's what this verse 7 and 11 is trying to communicate. It's the hook of the song, amen? And y'all know hooks, man. What they're supposed to be is rememberable, right? It's the thing that stays with you. Some of y'all remember hooks from like 30 years ago, amen? It's catchy, and it's supposed to keep your attention. It's supposed to be the main idea of the song. And that's what he's trying to do here. Keep something in our heads, in our hearts. So let me repeat it. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. What this means is God is a warrior. He rules over all armies in heaven and earth. No one is stronger in all creation and even in the heavens above. No one can come against him and win. I believe the story that illustrates this the most is, is, is in 2 Chronicles 20. When God's people were under attack by nearby nations, King Jehoshaphat, I love that name. I'm going to name my next child, which will not happen. Uh, <laughs> Jehoshaphat, yeah. King Jehoshaphat assembles the people for prayer. In his prayer, he asked God to come to their defense. He asked God to fight and protect them from being pushed out of their land. Then the Lord spoke to Jehaziel, and he said this, Listen carefully, all Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid and discouraged, or discouraged, listen to that, because of the vast number. For the battle is not yours, but the Lord's. Tomorrow, go down against them. You will see them coming up from the ascent of Ziz, and, and you will find them at the end of the valley facing the wilderness of Jerel. You do not have to fight this battle. Listen to that. Position yourselves. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. He is with you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Tomorrow, go out and face them, for the Lord is with you. And God did just that. He made them turn against one another, right? He, just, he made them destroy one another. And the people saw that God defeated their enemy, and they celebrated. This is the God who fights for you. If you truly realize this is the God who fights for you, how would that change your life? Let me give you the answer because I hate rhetorical questions. Your life would be full of peace and rest. Look at what happens to the kingdom after God fought, for their, fought their battle. Look at verse 30. It says, and the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace. For his God had given him rest on every side. God fills you with rest and peace when you allow him to fight your battles. Listen to 2 Chronicles 20 and even Psalm 46. God tells us one thing to do to get this, right? It's very amazing how similar these verses are. He, he tells them to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which is the message of Psalm uh, 46.10. In some versions, say, it says, be still. But it's better translated, stop fighting and know that I am God. Here's the only path to experiencing rest and peace in this life is to realize the battle is not yours, but it's the Lord's. Remember, remember, 
who God is should color in how we experience life. Knowing that, that the God, he's the God of armies and he, and, and he fights our battles should give us the confidence and the courage no matter how bad things are, we will overcome. Jesus echoes this in the New Testament in John 16, He said, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, defeated our greatest obstacles already. Through Christ, we can live victorious over our problems. There's nothing too grand or big for Jesus. All you need to do is walk in that victory to trust him. We can rest and have peace knowing through Christ we ultimately have the cheat code. Amen? Look at what 1 John 5, 4 says. It says, and this is the amplified version. It says, for everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world. Our continuing, persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God. When you trust Christ, there is nothing in this world that can defeat you. You have the victory. 